Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in a series that we've entitled A Great Life, because that's why Christ came, so that you and I could have the greatest life possible while we live on this planet. John 10.10, he tells us, he says, look, there's a thief, Satan, who's come to steal, kill, destroy, but here's why I'm here, here's my purpose. I want to give you a rich and a satisfying life. I want that to happen. So we've talked about in order to have this life that you have to follow the great commandment. The great commandment is love God, love people with all that you are. There's a great commission. Here's the job to do. Do everything you can to help other people know about Jesus Christ and what he offers to them in the forgiveness of sins. The third thing we're going to address this morning is a great companion. A great companion. He is called the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that when you mention the Holy Spirit, everybody gets a little edgy. Oh no, what about this, and what about this, and what about this? And I believe the enemy does everything he can to get us to be hesitant to buy into understanding and following the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But here's what Paul writes in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. That's a great life. Goodness, peace, joy. Who wouldn't want that, right? So this morning what we're going to look at is the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life so that we can have a great life. Because until you relate to Him well, that life will not be available. So I'm going to do a a little more theology maybe than what I normally would do. So you're going to have to put on your minds and think a little bit, okay? So you might turn to the person next to you and say, do you need me to help you with that? You know, I don't, I don't know, but you, you just might want to ask. And so what we're going to look at is what do I need to follow and obey and understand about the Holy Spirit so that this great companion who's with me will allow me to have the greatest life possible. First thing is the Holy Spirit is Christ in me. Christ in me. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, all the same. And so as you read the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit is present from the beginning to the end. In fact, about the second verse of the book of Genesis in chapter 1, the Spirit of God moved across the face of the earth. That's the Holy Spirit. He's, He's present. He's working. In a different way, after Jesus Christ left, the Holy Spirit comes in another way. He's working still today, all throughout there. But understanding, Christ is living in me as a Christian. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? That's pretty incredible. Galatians 2.20, my, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, the Spirit, lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 4.4, when the right time came, God sent his Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that we could 
adopt, he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we're his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call Abba, Father. So here's how the Holy Spirit's working today on the face of the earth. Number one, he is working on every person alive in the planet to draw them to God. He is working so that people will accept Christ. You want to pray for unsaved family members? Pray that they will listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell them in their life. So that's what he's doing today, right now. He is working at every person, trying to draw them to himself. For Christians, he now lives in us. And we are the temple of God. Oh, that's nice. No, 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 you don't get it. God lives in you. Wow. That, that's pretty incredible. And so whenever I read Scripture and it says Christ in you, God in you, Spirit in you, all the same. To understand that He lives in me. And then we understand that He confirms my salvation. This lets me know because His Spirit's in me, He confirms that I am God's child. So his presence in my life gives me the assurance that I'm saved. As a Christian, you never need to doubt your salvation. You should know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you. Romans 8.1 There is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That means no matter what you did before you accepted Christ in your life, it's gone, it's over, it's done, and God no longer holds it against you nor condemns you for it. It is forgiven. And there's no longer any condemnation because God lives in us. We belong to Him. Because you belong to Him, verse 2, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. He wants to give you life. Life. A great life. Verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, a bad life, misery in this planet. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. The sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. It never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Now notice the little brackets here. And remember, all those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. They aren't saved. Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's a pretty powerful spirit. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living in you. 
For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. His Spirit alive in us confirms that I am a child of God. You see, when Jesus was on the face of the earth, He lived a perfect life. He had a human nature. He had a spiritual nature, the Holy Spirit. Here's what sets Jesus apart from you and I. Jesus always listened to the spirit nature. He never listened to the carnal nature. Now, here's what I know about every person in the room, me included. There have been times in our life, more times than we can count, that we have listened to our carnal nature. Correct? We've done what we wanted to do. You know what that's called? Very good class. <laughs> sin. So whenever I do what my nature wants me to do, it's sinful. Whenever I do what the Spirit wants me to do, it's spiritual. We have that same nature. We have the Spirit of Christ living in us. And He asks us, will you listen to me or will you listen to your old nature? Jesus always listened to the nature of God. And so we have that nature in us which confirms, I am a child of God. And God adopts me into his family because the same spirit lives in me. Wow. What a great life. Yeah. No, a great companion, someone in me saves me that power that is there so that when this body dies the eternal part of me will live forever with God and how do I know that because his spirit lives in me and that spirit I need to listen to I invited Jesus Christ into my life asking him to forgive me of my sins said, I want to live for you and not for me. His spirit came and dwelled within me. He now lives in me. My carnal nature is still there. There's constant battle going on. But now I get to listen to him and do what is right. Because he lives in me, he doesn't make me perfect. I'd like to tell you, oh, once you do that, you'll be perfect from that moment on. Unfortunately, I know that's not true and so do you, don't you? But that doesn't mean I'm still not his child. And he's forgiven me. So Christ in me confirms that I am a child of God. You are a child of God because the Holy Spirit lives in your life because you've invited him into your life to cleanse you so that you are no longer condemned for your sins. That's a great life. Then, what he does and how he operates, he produces character. Character. You see, he says, look, if I'm living in you, you don't get to live the way you always did. I now have a new way for you to live. Why? Because of John 10.10, of what we read earlier. The thief comes, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen to your old nature. He will do everything he can to rob you of a life that you want to have. 
You follow that nature, that will bring destruction. You will never reach what you want in life. It always sounds like, it seems like, well, you know what? I know me better than anybody else, and I know what I want, and I'll follow my own ways and do my own thing because I think I know what's best, and you would be wrong. But that spirit living in you says, look, here's what I want. I want to have, have you live a life that is better than anything any man can create. And so what I want to do is produce character in your life. The character of Christ. He wants us to become Christ-like, doesn't he? What does that mean? Well, Jesus listened to the Holy Spirit. So should you and I. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given you by God? You do not belong to yourself. God bought you at a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Well, that takes away the argument, hey, it's my body, I can do with it what I want. No, it's not. Not if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you gave everything you are to God. And now you no longer do what everybody else does. You now live according to a different set of standards, don't you? And now what is popular and, you know, out there, and well, everybody's doing this and doing this and punching holes in that and doing this and this and marking this and drawing this and, you know, okay. But you see, if I'm a child of God, I have a different standard that I live by, don't I? It's not like everybody else. Oh, but it's cool. Eh. <laughs> cool is a personal, you know, observation you might make, but it's not what somebody else might make. Galatians. This passage in chapter 5 gives us probably the clearest description of how our lives should be lived as Christians. And it's all about this battle, this conflict that rages on day after day between the Spirit of God who lives in me and my old nature who lives in me. Verse 16, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Now you see, from the time you're a little bitty kid, you have this type of uh, mentality. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I mean, have any of you raised a three- or four-year-old? They want to do what they want to do, don't they? And I'd like to tell you, as they get older, they get wiser. But experience will tell me, as they get older, they get stupider. Oh, that maybe wasn't a good word to use, would it? I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there, right? I got stupider. And you see, we like to think... I know what's best, and no one's going to tell me what to do. But see, once you become a Christian, you have to let something, someone else tell you what to do. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. He will give you good advice. You have to choose to follow it. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite 
of what the sinful nature desires. Now, notice this line, highlight it, underline it, do whatever you got to do so that you remember it. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. In other words, it's not just, oh, well, it'll just happen and I'll just do a try. No, there's a battle that goes on and you have to make hard choices sometimes, don't you? But those two forces are constantly, for the rest of your life, will be fighting each other. One will say, do this. The other one will say, do this. When I was a kid, I loved cartoons. To be honest with you, I still do. Uh, Not the new ones, the old ones, the Looney Tunes, you know. I mean, the good ones. Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, you know, those, yeah. Remember in those cartoons, so many times there'd be this little little angel on one shoulder and this little devil on the other. And one would be saying this, and the other would be saying that, and they'd go back and forth. That's a great picture of life. That you and I have that type of conflict that goes on on a daily basis. When you are directed by the Spirit... When you listen to the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. In other words, Christianity isn't about a set of rules. You do this, 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 don't do this, this, don't go here, don't do that, don't do this, this, and this. That's not Christianity. Christianity is a relationship. So when you listen, when you're directed, you don't have to worry about what all the laws are because if you listen to the Spirit, you will fulfill all the laws. You'll do what's right. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Now, just so you know, that list is not exhaustive. There are other things that fit in there, aren't there? Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit isn't working, they're not listening, he's not in their life. They're doing what they want to do, don't they? They're following their own desires. And if you do those things, is that a great life? No. Verse 22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. No law against any of those things. See, if you could live like that, that's a great life. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. In other words, you die to yourself. You don't do what you want to do. You do what the Spirit of God wants you to do. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So you and I have this great companion 
that it lives in us, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ lives in us, confirms to us that we're God's children and says, here's the life that I have for you, and if you will follow my leading, I will give you and you will have the greatest life you could possibly have. But, you know, we become younger, even older. Well, but that looks like fun over there. You know, I'm missing out on stuff over here. I mean, going to church? I mean, on it, when I was a teenager, I, I honestly had the thought, man, hanging out with my friends and, that I played bald with them from school, those guys are having a good time. These kids from church? Losers. Who wants to be with them? But you see, my friends over here were always getting drunk. One night I pulled one of them off a railroad track who was going to stop a train that was literally from here to there. That's fun. Pleasures of sin for a season, maybe for a moment. Well, I've got my opinions about things. Well, you're not listening to God then. Because it's not about what you think or what you want or what you believe is important. It's about what he thinks and what he wants and what he says is important. And one will give you a great life. And the other will give you a life with a lot of regret and misery. And he says, here it is. I want you to have a great life of joy and of peace and of love and of hope. It's yours for the taking. I can't force you to do it because that would make you a robot and not someone who chooses to love me. But I came so that you could have a great life. And if you'll understand who I put in you as a Christian, and if you'll follow my leading, he will lead you to a place where life will be good and you will live a great life. So if I listen to that, I then get to have confidence because the Holy Spirit gives you confidence. I know who I am, and I know whose I am. I know what I stand for. I know what I'm living for. I know who I'm living for, and I know where I'm going. And I get to live on this planet with the confidence of knowing, let me put it to you this way, Knowing this, God's got this. God's got it. I can trust him. He's going to take care of it. I'm going to do this. God will take care of me. No matter what I find myself in, I know God will help me and take care of me, that he will work things out for good, that he will help me to have the life that I need to have, and so I know who I am. Romans chapter 15, Paul writes this, I pray that God, the source of hope, Boy, how many people in this world today want hope? Will fill you completely with misery and regret because you trust in Him. Now, completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. If you don't have joy and peace, the Holy Spirit is not in control. Then you will overflow 
with confident hope through your own strength. No. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Confident hope. 2 Corinthians 5.4 While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. It's not that we want to die and get out of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he's given us his Holy Spirit. So we're always confident. I want to highlight that little phrase. We are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we're not at home with the Lord. Verse 7 is a great verse too. We live by believing and not by seeing. That's called faith. We're fully confident. We'd rather be away from these bodies, for then we'll be at home with the Lord. So whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. God, I am confident you're going to take care of me. I am confident that when I die, I get to go be with you. I am confident that as I live this earth, you're going to take care of me and protect me. I am confident that no matter what I face in life, you will help me have the strength to get through it. That no matter what I've got to deal with, it will cause me to become more like you and help me in the future. That you know what you're doing in the midst of it all. That even go, though I go through hardships and difficulties, that God somehow, you will work this out and you will help me and get me to a place that I am have peace and joy and know that my life is being used in a right way so that God can be honored. Ephesians 1.13 You Gentiles, that's us, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit who he promised long ago. This Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Wow. God will keep his word. Because the same Spirit that lived in Christ lives in me. And that gives us confidence. I can live in this planet with all the stuff that's going on, confident, not afraid, because I know who's in control. And I know in whom I believed. And I know that He's going to keep me until that day. That's confidence. Don't have to waver, don't have to doubt. God, you're there. And finally, the Holy Spirit is a constant companion. A constant companion. He will not leave you alone. Here's what this says. All of us at time, one time or another in our life have felt lonely. All of us at one time or another have felt like nobody understands and nobody cares. But you see, when I've accepted Christ into my life, I always have with me someone who cares. I always have someone with me who will be my friend and tell me the truth. I always have someone with me who will give me good advice. I always have someone with me who will help me pray and know how to communicate better with God. I always have somebody with me 
to take me through difficult times. I am never alone. Boy. Matthew 8.28, we used this verse last week, but I want you to take note of what it says. Teach these new disciples, that's us, to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of time. Be sure of it. God has not abandoned us, nor will he ever. We are his children. He loves us. He cares for us. John chapter 14. If you love me, obey my commandments. And what's his commandments? Love God. Love people. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, someone who works on your behalf, who will never leave you. He will never leave you. That's a great life. Living a life of love, joy, peace, hope, confidence, assurance, knowing whose child I am, of having the strength and the power to do what I need to do because he's alive in me. You want a great life today? You have a great companion. Someone who wants to give you that life. Someone who wants to help you in that life. So, I'll ask you this. A couple of groups of people listening to me today. Maybe there's some you've you have not asked the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, to come and live in you. He's been working on you. He's been drawing you. But you've never come to a place where you're willing to admit, God, I've just been listening to my old nature and I'm a sinner. And I've broken your rules. And I know the only way to deal with that is to accept what Jesus Christ did on a cross. And I need to ask him to forgive me of my sins. And I invite you to come and live in me. And I will no longer live for me. I will live for you. There's others of you here today that you're having a hard time listening and obeying the Spirit because you're allowing your sinful nature to have a control in your life. You're a Christian. You're just ignoring God. And there's some areas in your life where you know God's telling you that's not the way we behave. That's not the attitude to have. That's not the speech we want. That's not the way we want to do things. And you know God's working on you to deal with that. Will you listen to him? Maybe there's some others of you who just are not convinced. I'm not convinced God wants me to have a great life. And maybe you need to open up your heart and mind. God, I'm sorry. I know that you want what's best for me, what's right for me, and you want me to have a kind of life that only you can give me the greatest life that can possibly live on this planet.
So wherever you find yourself today, maybe some of you, well, I've just diminished the Holy Spirit and kind of pushed him away because I I don't want to have to deal with all that messy stuff. And you need to invite him to have more of a place. Could we just take a moment just right where we are, just between us and God? Say, God, here I am. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm asking you to do with me today. Would you just take a moment and do that? Lord, you came so we could have life. A great life. The best life possible. But that life cannot be attained without you. Without you taking up residence within us at our invitation. And without you being listened to by us and following your advice. So would you help us to understand how you have given us the Spirit as a companion in this world to guide us, to lead us, to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us confidence, to give us peace, to give us what only you can give because you alone know what's best. Help us to listen and help us to obey, I pray, as we live the great life that only you can give. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.